Welcome to The Bolt, the official podcast of Trinity Basin Preparatory, a charter school in the Dallas-Fort Worth area where we share interesting stories and strategies from across our district. Okay, I am Holly Vasquez, and I'm the middle school counselor at the Paffer Campus for Trinity Basin. All right, thanks so much for joining us today. And for our listeners, this means absolutely nothing, but we're recording in the same room where we did our 20 Tales from TBP as our 10th episode special. So... It doesn't sound any different, but I just thought I'd throw that little tidbit in there. I feel a little bit like Han Solo without his Chewbacca today, or maybe Chewbacca without his Han, (laughs) because uh, Mr. Trey is not here, so he's going to interview the Jefferson Counselor separately. But we've got a great guest, and so let's go ahead and get started. You're interviewing someone for a counselor job here at TBP, and in the interview, they say something that like, oh my gosh, yes, hire this person immediately, or they say something like, oh, nope, big red flag. What will be something they say in that interview that kind of sets you off either way? I think the things that we look for, the things that give you that really good feeling right away are when people make comments about being intrinsically motivated and wanting to work. And that's just evident when they're talking about projects they do with their students. Or I'll always ask, what does your daily schedule look like? Because I want to know, are you going to sit back and wait for someone to tell you what to do? Or are you going to take the initiative and get out there and go do it? So when I hear that, when I hear about, you know, potential people who are taking the initiative and they're getting out there and they're doing stuff and they're active and involved, that's a, that's a huge, like, oh yes, we need that person right now. Mm -hmm. And then vice versa. You know, if I have someone coming in and they're like, well, you know, well, I I talk to kids and, and well, you know, mm -mm, nope. (laughs) <laughs> right. Right. So you got to be more, take that initiative, be more of a yes. self-starter. Yes. Makes sense. And yes. and it's true because I, I think there's a wrong way of looking at your job, which would be like as a firefighter where people just have fires and you just kind of put them out. Right. But there's a more proactive getting ahead yes. of things. We are not reactive only. That actually, um, I would say I maybe even do half and half, proactive and reactive. Okay. Yeah. And so, I really try for more proactive if I can, because t- that just makes life easier. Mm-hmm. Tell me tell me about more what the, that proactive stuff would look like. So the proactive kind of depends on, you know, what facet you want to look at. But we try to do a lot of like prevention education. And that can look like guidance lessons. That can look like having people come in and talking to your kids, assemblies, giving teachers resources. But I basically try to provide as much education to the students as I can to help them not make bad decisions in the first place. Or if they do make a bad decision, what they need to do next. So that's that's a big one that we do. Another one that I do, I do a lot of academic counseling. I feel like counselors really need to be focused more on the academic counseling and not being the firefighter, like you said. And I like to empower students by giving them knowledge. And I like to, you know, explain the importance of their grades and where they're going and give them kind of that big picture. And that really kind of helps prevent quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, yeah. And I, I, that's another thing, too, I wanted to talk about was the academic side of things, because our campus, we do go pre-K three all the way up to eighth grade. And so how do you help these eighth graders make the transition from the school where some of them have been for years and years and years mm-hmm. and their brothers and sisters are here, too, to go to a different school for high school? How do you? So it's it's a year long process. Uh, it's probably one of my biggest projects, but it's also one of my favorite projects. I really enjoy it. It starts really it starts in seventh grade. So when I this is my second year here, 
uh, last year, you know, I started with the eighth graders, but I also started in the seventh grade rooms and we went over guidance lessons on higher education and high school options and what to expect. Uh, but for eighth grade, it starts pretty much about two weeks into school. So I start coming around to classrooms and explaining to them what their calendar year is going to look like as far as I'm concerned. And then I interview every student. Every st- I'm really big That's on the individual. Like 90 students. Yes, every wow. kid. And I do this twice, but it, we do it in the fall. And I sit down with every student individually to get an idea about what they're interested in, what they, you know, what they want to know more about, maybe not necessarily a career because they're 13 and 14. (laughs) Right. And then I also go ahead and notate what their home high school is, because that is something that a lot of our parents and students don't understand. They don't understand that there is a home high school. You cannot just go show up and, and go to any school you want on the first day. So when you, when you say home high school, I mean, what, if they live in, let's say like Fort Worth zoned. ISD, they're yes. zoned for that high school. Yes. Okay. Yes. And there's like 15 high schools in Fort Worth ISD. Uh, so you we can't just go to any you of cannot. them. No, you can't just, I mean, Pascal is great, but you can't show up to Pascal on August 15th, 20 and go, okay, I'm going to go to school here. They'll tell you no. So my job is to, you know, I take notes on every kid. I get to know every student that way. I get to know their goals and their ambitions. And then I also educate them during that time. So I meet with every individual student in the fall. I also do a career interest inventory with them to help them kind of understand their strengths and their weaknesses. And that's also a really good way to bring career awareness to them. And it's a good way to get them talking about maybe careers that aren't as typical. Um, I actually have a few kids who want to be immigration lawyers you All know. right. Yeah, it's really cool. That's awesome. But just and that was, you know, following some of that exploration. So we do that in the fall as well. I help facilitate getting all of our kids to the Fort Worth High School Fair in November. We do applications to get into Fort Worth ISD. That's a process, you know, I work on that with the kids kind of nonstop until that deadline in December. So when you say the Fort Worth ISD, you're talking about the schools of choice, right? Yes, the okay. gold the yeah, the gold seal programs of choice. They have to do an application. And they have to apply for a program. They can't just apply to the high school. You know, oh, I want to go to Trimble Tech. No, you have to apply for the program that's offered at Trimble Tech. Right. So we do that. And then where we're at right now, we're working on personal graduation plans, which allows me to more in depth explain the process of credits and graduation. I I find that this helps them understand all of that a lot more than me just going through, you know, like a, a checklist and, and this is high school and this is how it's different. So we actually fill out like a, a mock schedule for the next four years based off of their preferences and their interests. Do they want to do athletics all four years? Do they want to do dance? And I also help them see that when they stack that ninth and 10th grade year, how much time they have when they're an upperclassman. So that, that's a really fun process also. So that's what we're working on right now. In February, the emails will come out for the high school applications, and that's where we find out if they've been accepted or if they've been on the wait list. And then we also start looking at other options if parents don't want them to go to their home high school. Wow, that's a that's a very it's intense process. Yeah, <laughs> but it's yeah. so much fun, and I get to know the parents, and I get to know the families, and I get to know the students, and I get to see how passionate they all are 
about the whole thing. And so it really is one of my favorite projects. Right. Cause you, if I remember correctly, you have some high school teaching experience with like the band stuff or you were involved yes. in high school. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I used to be a band director and uh, I was stationed at the junior high, but I did help teach high school marching band for two years. Okay. Mm-hmm. So kind of helps having a foot in that world of yes. this is what high schools are like. And this is, how I already know work. exactly what they're, yeah, I know what they're going to have to go through and what they need to expect. Awesome. Awesome. Now I'm just curious, do most of the parents at this campus, do they send their students to uh, either a school of choice or to their local high school that they're zoned for, or where do they end up going? So according to the records from last year, because I, I wanted to keep a spreadsheet and see what that data looked like, about 85% went to a school of choice. Wow. They did not go to their home high school that they're zoned to. Um, about 70 to 75% of those went to a Fort Worth high school that offered a program that they were interested in. And then the other 10 to 15% wound up going to Cristo Rey, which is a private school that has, oh, love work study Mm -hmm. program. Love it. Or they went to a a charter school, high school. Okay. Yeah. 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 I have a few friends who teach at Cristo Rey. Love Cristo Rey. Yeah. It's great. It's a great program. Yes. Um, Now, now I'm glad you mentioned spreadsheets because you've tickled my IC brain (laughs) where I like to look at data. So what kind of data do we keep on alumni or, or anything like that? I know we've only had... Two classes of eighth graders graduate. And and one so. that I've had, yeah. Right. So yeah. Uh, so what I do is I, I have this monster spreadsheet that kind of keeps track of the whole process from what their home high school is to what programs they're interested in to what they actually apply for and then where they wind up going. So I do keep all of that, and that's something that I'll continue to keep year after year. Um, and then we also, you know, kids will come in and they'll drop by and they'll, they'll let me know what they're doing or what they're up to. If they happen to tell me that they've transferred, I try to go ahead and notate that. But I will say for the most part, I think I've only had one of those. And for the most part, all of the eighth graders have stayed or the, I'm sorry, the current ninth graders have stayed where they were placed, which makes me feel good because I feel like we found a good fit. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. And I hope we just keep that growing. And, and I know our Dallas campus has probably graduated a few more eighth grade classes yes. than us, but it'd just be interesting and neat to see where, where our kids end where up they in all go. four yes. years, eight years down the road. Um, okay, would you be okay with TBP having its own high school? I would. I think I think it makes sense. I think that our parents and our community would appreciate that, and I think that there's a lot of students who – would automatically take that option. Oh, I think yeah. I think that a lot of our parents and students would be relieved mm-hmm. yeah, that's if a great we could offer it. that. Relieved. They would just be relieved. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and I'm thinking about it too. Is we've put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into our own brand, like so that parents when they see that TBP, they know yes. what kind of quality instruction they're getting. It's a safe place for their kids, and just to have that brand again, like for they, high school, that'd be great. Yes, that'd be great. Okay, let's change gears again and go back. You kind of were talking about this when we talked proactive stuff about, I know you do some guidance lessons for the students. You, you pop into class and teach like, what's, what's the guidance lesson about or how does that work? So pop, pop into class is probably not the accurate <laughs> phrase. It's more of me not trying to take up the entire day, uh, the entire class period. It's but... scheduled, it's planned ahead. <laughs> yeah. You don't just, hey, I'm it's, here. Yeah. I, the guidance lessons are always really interesting because, you know, I go in with a plan and there's an objective, but just 
getting to facilitate the student, like the learning and the discussions and the thought processes, thought processes that come from that. It's just so interesting. Um, but anyway, so guidance lessons really can vary because I have fifth grade through eighth grade and the state of Texas puts seventh and eighth graders in one category. They are technically the secondary and then fifth and sixth grade are still sometimes considered to be elementary. Um, yes. So, and that also kind of dictates the topics that seventh and eighth grade are educated on. So for example, um, teen dating violence, that's going to be more focused on seventh and eighth grade and not fifth and sixth. Okay. Um, but now like suicide prevention, I do suicide prevention guidance lessons with sixth through eighth grade. And then I do a personal safety guidance lesson with fifth. We talk about bullying. We talk about kindness. We talk about setting academic goals for ourselves. I'm really excited because I have guidance lessons planned next week, and this is over a new topic and new curriculum. Uh, thanks to Leslie Austin, we're kind of piloting. We're we're going to try out this new curriculum and see how it goes. But it's over choices. Mm, yes, interesting. Very That's... interested. I'm doing Unit One with fifth and sixth grade next week, and I'm really interested to see how this goes. Okay, I was going to yes. ask where to get your curriculum, but apparently Leslie Austin, Chief Academic yes. Officer, so. So, and, and a lot of the time, um, so we don't have a set curriculum here, but we do have tons of resources and we are at a district that is so supportive of professional development. I think maybe more supportive than most places I've worked at. And because of that, we're able to be exposed to, you know, techniques and, and teaching methods and resources. And so we have an easy time, you know, developing our curriculum, but yes, mm -hmm. this, this new curriculum that we're that we're piloting, the I Choose uh, curriculum that Leslie found, I'm really excited for because it's it's just structured very well. It's organized very well. You know, I've looked through the first couple of units, and I'm really excited. I think it's written well for the age group, and I think the students will respond. Uh, all right, I'm excited to see how yes. the choices go. Yes, that I mean that dovetails into everything it's so much sel learning right there right social just, emotional yes. learning for, social for yes those, sorry social emotional learning it, that just covers it's that preventative piece you know yeah. and it just covers a lot of different topics a lot of areas yeah okay now let's let's change gears from the students let's talk about the parents how are the parents involved here and i know like panola does like the parent university yes do you guys do something similar where you like bring in parents in the morning or uh, so yeah, Pafford also participates in Parent University, and that is headed up by our parent liaison, who also goes to our counselor meetings, so that we're all informed and we're all you know working together on the same goals. We do offer uh, coffee with the counselor. We offer a few of those sessions. Last year, I did a really good one on social media, mm. and got to really get in deep and show some good details to parents about Snapchat, some things that they didn't know. So we talked about internet safety and social media and the trends that we see there. Um, and then we also have we have a lot of parent events in the evenings. Like we have lots of ways for parents to come up and just have fun at school and be involved with their kids. Things like our fiesta night and our trunk or treat. We recently had our spaghetti dinner with our report card night and students got to lead those conferences. And I've noticed that we have a really nice turnout anytime we have one of those events. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Now you, you know, again, you mentioned social media, <laughs> so I got a question for you. So on a yes. scale of one to 10, <laughs> One being never, 10 being all the time. Uh -huh. How often does a student's poor choice on social media affect your day? Oh, boy. Mm, probably probably a seven or an eight. Okay. And it's because there's a snowball effect. 
What do you mean by that? So if a student makes a poor choice on social media because social, I mean, just social media being what it is, it is designed to reach audiences and it does. So one student making a poor choice is going to impact many others. Uh, on a small scale, it's their group of friends. On a large scale, it's an entire grade or even the school. So right. yeah, I would say a seven to an eight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. What now? Is it hard for you to keep up with all the different apps? Because, I mean, there wasn't Snapchat when I was in high school. and. Yeah, uh, well, and I, I mean, I joined Facebook back when you had to have a college, college email, email to join Facebook. Dot so, edu, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. So the trend right now, um, so Facebook is very much considered to be the old people thing. Right. That's what my kids tell me. Well, Miss, you have Facebook because you're old. I'm like, oh, thank you. So Facebook is very much old. Twitter is kind of going out. Um, for young people. For, for young people, yes, right. sorry. Uh, so for them, though, it's, it's not super hard to keep up with because there's usually like one or two social media apps that are super popular. And I think right now... Well, maybe three right now. I would say that those are TikTok, Instagram, and Snapchat. Okay. And I, you know, I pick up on that from just talking to the kids, having my small groups. We talk about social media a lot in small groups. They tell me about things that are relevant, but those, those are the ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I definitely see that. And, and I heard someone else was saying, all the old people are, are on Facebook. All the young people are on TikTok because all the old people are on Facebook. True story. And, yes. And, and a lot sense. of them, they do have Instagram, though. So mm-hmm. if, even though Instagram, I think, was created by Facebook or, or their... Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, but so it's real interesting. But Instagram mm-hmm. is okay for the young people. But, oh, Facebook, that's... The, those are the old, old folk. People. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, and it's always <laughs> it's always going to be that game, right? Because I remember, sure. you know, when it was like MySpace. MySpace. And then, and then Zanga was, like, was before Zanga, that. Yeah. 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 So it's mm-hmm. always going to be changing. Um, but I guess the principles are the same with that. They are. That you you teach kids to make good choices and be responsible and think about who can see this post. So Yes. Makes sense. Um, and, and this is kind of relevant. I heard another friend of mine tell me it was a similar thing. He was presenting to parents about social media and Snapchat and watch what your kids do. But he said, too, it's a parent is always going to lose the spy versus spy game against their child. You yes. know, they, they may figure out how to track them for a year or two, but then the kid's going to find a backdoor or a loophole. And it's true. So the best thing you can do is instill in them those values that you're trying to do. And it's that it's that prevention education. I, I think I forgot to mention that earlier. Uh, the social media guidance lessons are a really big one for me. We usually hit that in the spring around the internet safety and all that. Um, but it's, and it's always really interesting to see the little light bulbs go off. When I start talking about some of the more serious issues that are related to social media, but that's my hope, you know, that we do that prevention education and I give them knowledge. I empower them through knowledge and I just hope that that helps them make those better choices. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, Okay. So then I actually ripped off these topics from your survey. I don't know if you noticed that, (laughs) Um, but I went back into your survey because you, this is a great survey, by the way, you asked the whole staff, like, what do you think are the biggest needs or what is one thing our kids are really good at or really struggling with or whatever? Um, so I'm going to list off some topics. And then at the end, I want you to tell me, like, which one would you say, which one you say, like, you really focus on right now? Um, so we have character education, social relationship skills, substance abuse, self-control, managing feelings, self-esteem, bullying, social media, conflict resolution, problem-solving decision-making, stress management, 
family issues, divorce, grief, and loss, and parent outreach outreach and support which one of those are you really focused in on right now do i have to pick one you can know please (laughs) because i just think i have i think that there are two and i think i i see them equally as far as the biggest need uh family issues and social media okay and the social media i mean that that kind of hits the social and the relationship skills and the conflict resolution decision making Uh, But then family issues, that is something that we try to tackle every day. We just have, we just have a lot of students that come in that have a lot of baggage that they're bringing into the school with them. Yes. Because, because of their home life, they could. It's, and it's things outside of their control. And, and, and that's challenging for me. You know, it's really easy for me to talk to kids about doing, you know, managing feelings and having self-control, but it's a lot harder when the problems they're facing are because of adults in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. That's really tough. And then for our greatest strength, I, now Miss Morris might disagree with me, but (laughs) I would actually say that one of our greatest strengths is bullying. Um, And I just had just it, to be clear, we're not good at bullying. We are good <laughs> at preventing. Yes, we sorry. Bull- yeah. We, yeah. Um, a greatest strength in that we don't have, we do not have true bullying cases at this school. Right. I think I have maybe seen one in the year and a half that I've been here. And I actually had a situation about two weeks ago where a group of kids came in to tell me about a concern because they felt like a student was kind of being picked on. And then they all turned right around and told me everything they were doing to help that student. And we're talking like, these are my popular kids that are really reaching out and taking this other student under their wing. And I was like, guys, y'all just made my day. So I, that happens. And, and I've seen that happen with other grade levels. And I, and I do have, I have groups of students who are proactive about that. And it just makes me happy because they're listening. (laughs) Yeah. Those prevention lessons. Yes. Yeah. It's working, you know, and talking about kindness and and the choices we make and how that affects people and having empathy. So I, I would actually say that that, that is a strength. Preventing the bullying is a strength. Well, and I, I think too, and I am not near this as much as you and Miss Morris are, but I would imagine there's probably a lot of people or students who say it's bullying and then you dig into it and it's like, that's not really yeah. bullying. And we do use, we have a, a nice checklist that we all use. The whole district uses it, you know, and it really kind of helps keep everybody, you know, on, on the same line there. But yeah, no, we, we do not have actual bullying cases. Right. And, and I remember the definition I was taught was that a bully is someone who is repeatedly cruel to someone like weaker or smaller than them. Yes. There so. and there yeah, there has to be the biggest things are the imbalance of power. And now the law has kind of changed. It doesn't have to be repetitive anymore, but you do have to prove that the intentions are malicious. Okay. So, and what I tell the kids, uh, you know, I explain it to them as a bully is targeting someone. They wake up every day and their main goal is to go after somebody else. And, and make it hard for them or, you know, make their life rough or, or be mean. So. No, that's yeah. a, That's a good definition. And I, th- I think yes. that kind of helps, hopefully helps the students see like, well, this actually is bullying and it's serious or this. This is just was, mean behavior. Was just and, someone making yeah. a mean comment one time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. That's, that's really helpful. Um, now we get to the fun topic of substance abuse. Okay. <laughs> so we go from bullying to substance. And no, I, I am intrigued that about vaping in the news it's been getting a lot of attention 
Yes, lots of attention. <laughs> uh, you think too much attention or? Um, so I'll say this about vaping. I That is not something that I have to see or deal with a lot just personally. And I think it's because we stop at eighth grade. Probably. Uh, yeah. I know that my, my, my husband is a high school percussion director and that has been an issue at their high school. It's right. very much been an issue, but you know, I, I know that it's serious and I know that it's a trend and I know that a lot of young people are doing that, but it's really not something that we struggle with at this campus. That's great. We're, well, yeah. thank our lucky stars then. Absolutely. <laughs> um, no, the only thing I, that intrigues me about vaping is another, the same friend who told me about the spy versus spy thing with the kids. So there's no regulation on the amount of nicotine they can sell in a cartridge. Mm-hmm. So that and the nicotine is the addictive part of it. It's not tobacco that's right. addictive. It's the nicotine. So then if you have these things that you're selling to young people that have high amounts of nicotine, that's the concern. And that's why I think it's getting a lot of attention. Of course. Which, which, I think we're finding out that uh, the substances themselves, that the cartridges, that they are highly unsafe. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's a good lesson that you can't just always trust marketing. Just because somebody says it's safer doesn't mean it is. You need to go do the research for yourself. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Just and and I think too probably if they're in high because you have to be eighteen to buy a cartridge, right? I'm assuming. I think so. Okay. Although goodness knows that tons of mm-hmm. of other younger high school students are able to get hold of them. Right. So then if someone else is like reselling it or so, oh, uh, you're yes. it could be a problem. Yes. Okay. Um, let, let's change gears more, maybe more positive topic then. Sure. Um, why do you, why do you choose to be a counselor? So why, why counseling? Why not do the band stuff? Why, why counsel? So I loved the band stuff and that was not an easy decision, but I, one, noticed that I was needing to advocate for my students a lot as a teacher. And then two, I noticed I was good at it. <laughs> so that is why, and like, that's why I decided to go into counseling and not administration. Um, I felt like as a counselor, I would be able to, to be proactive, right? And to, I, I still get to teach kids. I'm, I'm teaching them about, you know, different things other than the teaks, but I get to, to teach them, but I get to advocate for them as well. I get to kind of be their voice when they don't have a voice. And I've, I've really enjoyed doing that at this school, you know, having such a high, Hispanic population, having a, a population of students that are first-generation Americans, I think I've I've really been able to be that advocate and also teach them how to advocate for themselves. And I just really enjoy doing that. Well, and you are you are very good about that. That's not a brag. That you are you are I I see how much you do with the kids and the way the kids look up to you and respect you. It's amazing. So oh, thank you. You are very good at it. <laughs> Could you tell us a little bit about the requirements to be a counselor? Like if someone is listening to this and thinking, I want to go into this counseling thing, what yes. do they have to do? So kind of two fields there. So there's what we traditionally think about as like a counselor or a therapist, like a mental health professional practicing in the field. And then there are school counselors. So to be a school counselor, one of the requirements is teaching. You must have taught for several years in a school. You must have had your own classroom. And then from there, you have to embark on the journey that is your master's degree in school counseling. Um, lots of reading, lots of research papers, lots of writing. Uh, that that process was about two years. You do an internship, and then you take your certification test. Is that the LPC? Or is that no. different? So the okay. LPC, that is that... L- licensed professional? The licensed professional counselor, yes. Okay. And that's... When a lot of people, when they hear counselor, they think about, oh, maybe like a therapist. 
or a, a true mental health professional. And to do that, you take 12 additional graduate hours and then you have to complete 3,000 interning hours. 3,000. 3,000. That's insane. 3,000, yes. And and you don't get paid for that. So you have to, yeah. Wow. It's a process. So there are actually a lot of people who become school counselors, and then they go ahead and get licensed because okay. you can use a certain amount you know, of the hours here. You can use that towards your internship. Wow. Yes. I, didn't, I, I knew it was that rigorous because I have a couple of friends who have gone through the master's yes. degree. And only one who was going to do the LPC three thousand hours thing, but yeah, that's but a beast. But I'm glad that it's I'm glad that it's intense because when you're dealing with people's mental health, you've got to make sure that you know what you're doing. Yeah, and when you don't want just anyone to be a school oh, counselor, no. like you want to yes, kind of weed out some of the yeah. Okay, okay, I get it. Let's go. Uh, I like TV. I like movies. I like books. Um, <laughs> is there a fictional character who you think is a really good example of a counselor? So I also like books and TV and, and everything. Um, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Okay. I am of the personal opinion that kids who read Harry Potter books are better people in life. I think there was actually a study done on that. True story. Uh, I can, I can How do they it. measure if they're better Listen, people Listen, somehow in they life. did. Okay, somehow they did. But I, I question that. So were you a big fan when we rolled out the houses then? You were like, oh, all, all I was about all about it. Yeah. Give me all the house stuff. Okay. So I actually think that Harry Potter himself is a good example of a counselor. I feel really? like I do. Mm. I feel like he walks around and is constantly trying to help people. He's always the good example. He's usually the person that's helping solve the conflict between his friends. Yeah, he's, okay, he's yes. chasing the good. He's fighting yes. the evil. I do. But okay, here's why I, <laughs> hmm, I, I did like the thinking emoji, like that, that you, face. You with, totally did. Um, because I don't think Harry is that great of a listener. And be, here's why people will try to tell him things, especially like in the fifth book, Order of the Phoenix, which is my favorite book, but he kind of throws a little temper tantrum and he's like, you don't understand Voldemort's back. And but I like think that's different because that's, that's just relating to him. Right. That's him personally. Those are his personal issues. When he's relating to others, all I see is that he's trying to help people with yeah. their issues and he's trying to make the world a safer place and a better place. Yeah. I, yeah. I see, I see the council side of him when he, is like leading Dumbledore's army. Yes. And, and he gives that good speech to the whole, like, this is why we need to train. And this is, you know, I see that. Yeah. And he promotes a lot of, like, he, he'll he take up for the underdog. You know, he protects people. And yeah. so, yeah. He advocates. He de And he, he definitely advocates. Yeah. That's true. Yes. Okay. All right. I'll allow it. Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Counselor. Um, maybe he's got 3,000 hours of Quidditch. <laughs> hey, <it's> probably. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, so we're just going to slide right in final three questions. We ask every guest, if TBP were a fictional character or celebrity, who would it be and why? So I'm going to stick with my Harry Potter theme. <laughs> okay. And... You're not going to recycle Harry again. No, right? okay. no, definitely not. Okay. So, And this might be a little bit of a reach, so we'll see what y'all think. All right. But I think that Professor McGonagall... Ooh, I like it. Is representative of TB. Like, I think if TBP was yeah. a fictional character, it would be Professor McGonagall. And because, so she has her life together, yes. right? Yes, Just she does. in every regard, she has her life together. She's very structured. She's fair. She's unbiased. Um, you know, and she's, she's like, she's everyone's favorite teacher. Like, they, they really respect her, but they know that she loves them. Right. It's that perfect balance of being strict and then that love, you know, yeah, showing right. that care. But there's that boundary. That's like but there's a like, boundary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she she always just, she's very clear cut. You know, she doesn't deal with any of the nonsense. You know, you you know what you're going to get with her. 
Mm-hmm. It's pretty. It's pretty black and white. Right. So I feel like if TBP that's, were a fictional character, it would be Professor McGonagall. That's a really good one. Um, yeah. I think. I think one thing you said is Professor McGonagall is also a little bit kooky. Like she, because she like unique. turns into a cat and like, which you know, is, I mean, it's great. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, yeah, and we're we're a little bit kooky, but like we're again, we we've got our life together. We do. And we get, and we, we get have stuff a plan, done. and and we know what we're doing and where we're going, and mm-hmm. we have a goal, and we get there. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, Professor McGonagall. Who's the actress who plays her in the movies? It's like Maggie uh, Smith. Maggie Smith. Love yes. Maggie. She's Smith. great. She's great. She was also uh, Wendy in Hook. I don't know if you ever yes. Saw that. Oh, love Hook. Yeah. Yep. Great movie. Terrified as as a child. Sure. I, th- I think I saw it at too young an age, but maybe every kid in the nineties did. Very so. very frightening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Okay. All right. What one thing would you on invent and why? TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I hate TikTok. <laughs> So I don't even know that much. Is that the music video app? Yes, or, okay, but so. They, they, so they can create their own little snippets. And the reason I would uninvent it is because it just causes so much unnecessary drama. Just right. all of the unnecessary. I, any of the big drama situations that I've had, you know, the, the big like emergency slash not really emergency friend issues, it's all because of TikTok. Mm. Every time. So they... So they lip sync to a music, yeah, like, like a, to a song. They lip sync to a song and they post that video. Yeah, like they so that you can. My understanding is like you can lip sync to a song or like you can kind of create your own thing. But it's just like sometimes they will, you know, send messages. You can't see them, but my quote unquote, they'll send messages to other people at school, you know, and and they're not very nice, mm. or they basically they're talking about someone in their friend group and everybody knows it, but they're not coming out and saying the name, and it's it's just a mess. Okay. So I would one hundred percent uninvent TikTok. Goodbye TikTok. Okay. <laughs> TikTok, take a walk. Yeah, um, bye. Okay. I, I forgot. It's surprising that we've been recording for about half an hour and oh. I have yet to make a dad joke because you are like one of the biggest fans in quotation marks yes. of my dad jokes. There's yes. a lot of there's a lot of eye rolls and oh Connor and his jokes. But I so. but I love it. Okay. Well well thank you. You're polite enough. So thank you. All right, last one. Uh, any general life advice to our listeners out there? Yeah, general life advice is just to be kind. Everybody's going through something and we usually don't know 90% of it. That's 100% so true. Just and the, be kind. And the people you think, like you may not know, the people who maybe look like they have it together, they may be struggling some, the most. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they're so putting on a brave face. Be kind. Be kind. All right. Well, it was kind of you to take time <laughs> to record with us. So thank you so much, Holly Vasquez, counselor at Pafford. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And happy National Counselor Week. Yay. <laughs> and now I'm going to kick it back over to Mr. Trey, who's interviewing Melissa Tipton over at Jefferson. So I feel a little <clears throat> bit like um, Chewbacca without my Han Solo today. <clears throat> we are, um, or maybe Han Solo without my Chewbacca. I don't know what order. But uh, I'm flying solo today here with Miss Tipton at the Jefferson campus. Connor is not with me today. Um, he met with Ms. Vasquez at Pafford earlier, um, and we're going to put these together because this week is National School Counselor Week. Woo-woo. I know. Isn't that cool? So we wanted to try to squeeze this one in, so we got some of our great counselors at TBP. And as I said, I'm at the Jefferson campus today, and I would like to welcome Miss Tipton to the bolt. Thank you. Shh, the crowd goes wild. <sighs> Everyone sit down. <laughs> well, thank you for being here. Ms. Tipton, how long have you been here at TBP? <clears throat> this is my seventh year. 
We were, we but were now who's counting, right? That's true. Does it, does it feel like the seventh year or does it feel like it's flying by? No. Oh my gosh, no. It feels like it's flying right. by. It seems like, so when I started, we were at the old church. On the 10th the Street the campus. Portable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it seems like we were just there yesterday. That's crazy. But we've been here. We were talking about this the other day. Mm-hmm. What, about five years? Yeah, I think so. Because when I started, this is my fourth school year. And I guess this building was, yeah, like one or two years old. Mm-hmm. So, and yep. uh, same, it has flown by for me. It does not feel like four years. Yes. Very I, fast. I think that's, I've said this before on the podcast, I think that's kind of the nature of education, how it, like it, it doesn't feel like you're doing the same job all year long, year after year. It kind of, it, it's in cycles, right? So you get the beginning of the year and you kind of know what to expect mm-hmm. for next year. And then you get to the end of the year and you kind of just kind of cycles through and it's a very, uh, Yes. It lends itself to not driving you insane, I think. By very much. Monotony. It's a very busy, we're in a very busy industry, mm-hmm. even though we're not really an industry, but you know what I'm saying. Right. So yeah, and it the year just is, goes by, oh my gosh, so fast, because we have so many major things we have to hit through the year. Sure. So yeah. And you're getting to see new kids every few years and see them grow up right before your eyes. I'm sure that's mm-hmm. crazy. Yes, it is. So let's talk about national. It's National School <coughs> Counselor Week, as I said. So let's talk about the um, the specifics of counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say so. Let, and actually, you guys just have uh, is this second year. You have two counselors on this campus. Is this first oh, year, no, or second this year? This is year one. Year one. Okay. Um, so let's say <coughs> that you personally are interviewing for uh, someone for a counselor job at TBP. Mm-hmm. What's the one thing that would make you say, "Yes, absolutely, hire this person right away. Get them in here." And then maybe what's the one thing that would be the red flag? Mm-hmm. Well, the thing that would, would put them in here right away would be they would have to be all of these four things. Okay. Is it four? Well, a personality. So it's three. Fun, flexible, and hardworking. Okay. If you have that going for you, then you, I'm all in for you. Right. Um, Fun, flexible. Mm-hmm. And what was the last one? Hardworking. Hardworking. Very important. You know, because... There's nights we don't go home till 7 o'clock. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't happen all the time, but you have to be flexible. Mm-hmm. So, on the other hand, if somebody came in here and had, you know, 20 years of experience, but they weren't fun, flexible, or hardworking, yeah. bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Can you be a counselor and not be fun? Like, I feel like, you, I feel like every counselor I remember from school when I was in school and middle school and high school, they were, they were the fun people. Really? Uh, yeah. I, this is really bad to say, but I don't remember my school oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they weren't fun, flexible, and hardworking enough. I think that might be it, yeah. But that's, yeah, I, I think that's very important. And you certainly are just uh, a ray of sunshine on this campus. I know I'm always... Aww, you're it's so true. Sweet. I'm not Thank trying you. to butter your bread here, but uh, it's always um, a delight dropping into your office. You are definitely... Oh, thanks, fun. I don't Trey. know how flexible are, you are because I don't work with you every day. <laughs> uh, you seem very hardworking, but you're definitely a lot of fun. So. Okay. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Um, so you guys do some of the uh, high school readiness stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So as uh, listeners and employees of TVP know, um, we are a pre-K through eighth grade school, mm-hmm. um, which means after they're done with eighth grade, they go on to high schools elsewhere. Yes. So what does that look like? What does high school readiness look to you as a counselor? What does it look like to you? Well, um, you know, we start kind of in seventh grade 
mm-hmm. um, letting them know because our kids are not going to another TBP school. Right. They're going out in the world to DISD. Mm-hmm. So we kind of try to start in seventh grade and let them know about, you know, what it's going to take for them to get into a magnet or a collegiate school, you know, in the way of like their star scores and their grades and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so we start talking to them about that long before the time comes. Sure. And then we also work with the high schools. So the past few years I've had them coming in at lunchtime talking to the kids about, you know, what they can do with their high school and various things like that. This year we had a high school fair and the high schools came to us all at once in the NPR. And um, so we had a really good turnout and the kids got a lot of great information about DISD schools and Mm -hmm. what they have to offer and all that kind of stuff. And I think that was really good for preparing them. And then Miss Foley and I have just been killing ourselves. I didn't want to do it too soon because the cutoff actually was just this past Friday mm. for them to apply to a magnet or a collegiate. And so we've been just working so hard trying to meet with every single eighth grade student, either one-on-one or two-on-one, to go over what high school looks like. I wanted to break it down into a four years and tell them next year you're pretty much going to be in biology for science and you're going to be in algebra one unless you've taken algebra one, you know, and kind of breaking it all down for them. And a lot of them, I think, were kind of relieved. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. To see kind of what their high school years that they could kind of look at all four years together. So next year we may do that a little earlier. Mm -hmm. I just don't want them to do it too early because I don't want them to kind of forget about it. And then we got to meet with them right before crunch time so we could make sure. We even called some parents to say, hey, look, we're sending them home with this info. They need to sign up. You know, especially those kids that pass star, have good grades, you know, um, and we felt could benefit from a collegiate or a magnet. So that's kind of what we push in a way, I Mm -hmm. guess, for our kids that really could be successful in those schools. Okay. And this, this is hundred percent just my ignorance. Are there specific schools that we work with just due to location? I know our footprint of where mm-hmm. students can come from are all over the Metroplex. So is yeah. it pretty much everyone? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter when you live in DISD, when you live in Dallas, it doesn't matter what school you go to because let's say you live here in Oak Cliff mm-hmm. and your school is going to be downtown. Um, they will let you go to the nearest school. I'm not even sure where that is. Is that Adamson? Oh, gosh, I have no idea. I don't know either. Um, they'll let you go to whatever school is closest to you that would be your zoned school mm-hmm. and catch a bus and bus you to wherever you need to be. So they're, they're pretty good about recruiting kids for those schools and then helping them to make sure that they can, you know, get to those schools. How are the students uh, – Are they? I remember switching into high school – you're very much on your own. It's like, here's your schedule. You get to pick your classes that you want, and mm-hmm. you got to do this now. Yeah. Um, is that something that you, you focus on? I don't. Not that there's probably a lot of hand-holding going on here, but it's more kind of restricted, right? Or there's more guidelines here where in high school right. you're kind of picking your own path, I would think. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you say that because it does give me a little pause when I think about our kids going into a humongous high school because mm-hmm. they will be. Yeah. Um, I'm hopeful that the counselors there work with students like our students coming into the, you know, the ISD mm-hmm. 
to get them set up at least for their first year and kind of get them. I'm giving them that high school graduation plan for them to take with them. I made copies and I'm hoping that they'll keep that as kind of a reference. But yeah, I'm a little nervous about that. I'm hoping <laughs> they don't throw the throw them to the wolves too bad, you know. Right. Well, is there any is there any communication past graduation when they go to high school? Is there any follow up or follow through or any backwards like them like the high school counselors maybe reaching back and go, "Hey, is there something we should know about or is that if it's in the transcript that's really all you get yeah <clears throat> not so much okay. on that part i think you know i think when you're in an isd the high school counselors work with the middle school counselors more closely but mm -hmm. because we're not part of their isd now sure we really don't have that communication and there's so many disd schools that would be hard to do yeah really. that's true that is true it would be really hard okay but let me yeah. uh so let me ask you this on would you support uh, just uh, to keep the students maybe under our roof for that few more years? Uh, the the topic of TPP needs a high school is always kind of like under uh, you know rumbling in the yeah <laughs> whispering around. Is that something that you would support or would be interested in? No, I think you know if that's something TBP you know has a a mindset to do. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we'll grab them up and welcome them in. Sure. Well, it would probably <laughs> help. Fine help bridge that communication gap between yeah know. it would although i still think there's going to be a lot of kids going to the collegiates and sure. the magnets because we wouldn't be able to offer that right you know and nowadays I, i'm old i'm giving myself away um <laughs> there's dual credits you know we didn't we didn't have that so these kids can actually some of these high schools not all of them mm -hmm. but some of these high schools they can actually leave high school with an associate's degree that's wow, a yeah. pretty big yeah, deal. Yeah. And I just don't know. I mean, maybe at some point we could offer that here at Trinity Mason. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think that would happen right away. So I still think there's kids that we would have to, you know, kind of mm -hmm. not push them in that direction, but give them the information for that so that they could be aware of it. And, gotcha. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I've also noticed... Uh, Aside from seeing students, you know, sitting outside your office or in your office and you're talking to them, whatever, <laughs> you guys are very involved in the classroom. Like you guys will go into the classroom setting or into the library sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, so can you tell us a little bit about the guidance lessons that you provide for the students? Well, there are certain state regulations that we have to follow mm -hmm. um, that are important. That's why they're probably state regulations. Sure. <laughs> um, so like bullying for once, for once, for one thing, I mean. Um, <clears throat> so we have to cover that every year with every student in the building. Um, it seems like there's always new laws popping up, new things about bullying. So we definitely try to cover that. Um, of course, when we're, whenever we're doing stuff like that, we try to squeeze in like respectfulness and, you know, friendship. How do you handle friendship and that kind of thing? Yeah. So we always have to do that. Um, does that get worse or better as, as the students go from fifth grade to eighth grade? I, bullying, I guess, in general. Oh, okay. It gets, well, I'm going to say right? it gets better. Yeah, it's different. Different kind, yeah. Yeah, it's on a different level, mm -hmm. I think. Um, and kids are more quiet about things the older they get because, you know, that's not cool. You can't tell sure. somebody somebody's bullying you. But, you know, the thing of it is, is and, and we're actually looking up, I'm actually going to do a PD on this on in February 17th. Okay. But, um, you know, the thing of it is, is, it's hard to, for teachers to grasp, because they keep changing it, what bullying is and what it's not. Mm. 
And what it truly comes down to is an imbalance of power and the student feeling intimidated and afraid. And um, a lot of times those students are so intimidated and afraid they're, they don't want to tell anybody. Yeah. And so, you know, by the time we find out, there's already several things that have happened. But there's very strict rules on how we handle that here at the school level. And, you know, it's taken really seriously. That's good. So it's a, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, that's very serious. And, and like you said, can take many different forms, I think. I would, I would even think it could be <clears throat> on students that are doing great, like schoolwork and stuff. You know, like, oh, I'm doing great and you're not doing so hot. You know, what's going on, punk? I don't know. <laughs> I was never no. a bully. I was the bullied. I'm That's no, I'm so kidding. funny. Um, so, so what else on your on the um, on the guidance lessons that you provide in the classrooms and with the students? Well, you know, we do um, <clears throat> we do relationships. Um, we do motivation. Um, we are getting ready to work with kids on organization. Mm. Um, but one thing I have found because <laughs> I was have been my own my one 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 man band for all these years sure. with close to 800 students in middle school. I mean, they're really volatile in middle school. So I knew I had to get help. I couldn't do it all myself. So I have, um, brought in girls Inc and they come in and talk to our eighth grade girls about healthy <laughs> relationships. <clears throat> and then this year we've expanded them. They're doing, um, sixth and seventh grade talking about, um, one of their, programs is called friendly persuasion so it's okay. kind of like how to deal, deal with your peers and you know all that kind of stuff and they're doing something now oh gosh don't ask me what they're doing I think it has to do with um oh <clears throat> internet safety oh that's big yeah it is we've been hitting that a lot in IT that's kind of I think uh, a theme right around this time like tomorrow is data or safer internet day national safer internet day and then we did a whole data privacy thing Manolo put together this great data privacy PDF that went out with Tech Tip Tuesday. So, mm -hmm. yeah, because the Internet's a scary place. <laughs> the Internet is very scary. Sure. Oh, my gosh, I can't even begin to tell you some of the things I've discovered mm -hmm. that kids have discovered on the Internet. It's, yeah. like, crazy. Um, so, yeah, they're helping us with that. And then, like, we have another group called Youth 180 that we're trying to get in. They deal with kids that are at risk for, like, drugs and alcohol. Not that we really see a lot of that here on the campus. Mm -hmm. Um, but I really think that some of the things they teach them that are at-risk kids, you know, again, it's it, m mostly it's about making good choices. Sure. And so, I, you know, that's kind of where my mind is, is bringing in different organizations. We just had an organization come in that Ms. Gomez helped us find, and they were, they're called NAMI, N-A-M-I, National Association of Mental Illness. Okay. <clears throat> because, of course, you know, in our world today, not just at TBP, but just in our world in general, we're seeing a lot more um, depression, anxiety, um, and actually things that are even deeper than that. Um, and kids don't know what to do with that sometimes. Again, it, they're afraid to tell. You know, kids take something small and think they're dying. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so they don't, instead of talking about it, they just kind of hold it back. And so this was just a way to get the word out that, hey, you know, mental illness is not anything to be ashamed of. It can be worked through. You know, it's not something you have to deal with by yourself or long term. There are solutions to some a lot of mental illness and you can get help. And 
So that was that was really good this year. That's really good. And that's NAMI? Yes. N-A-M-I. Yes. Um, I think we'll maybe put some uh, links or something in the in the show notes to, so people can look at these resources. <clears throat> the yeah. other one was Youth 180, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And Girls Inc., correct? Yes. And I've seen that on a couple campuses. I actually, when we were delivering our Chromebook Towers uh, to the classrooms <laughs> right before break, I was wheeling one into, I think, Miss Flanagan's class, and I kind of knocked on the door, and I was mm-hmm. like, that's not Miss Flanagan. Hey, I'm just dropping this off. I need to plug this in, and... Is this a good time? And they're like, well, uh, this is Girls, Inc. Um, <laughs> probably not. And it, it, it flashed me back to when I was a kid. And like my three or four of my five sisters and my mom were all talking about like stuff that I probably didn't want to hear or, or wasn't privy to as a as a young boy. I, I felt very, uh, it was a flashback. Like, get out of here. <laughs> we're talking about stuff that's not for you. Exactly. But uh, oh, anyway. That's funny. And you said Miss Gomez brought Nami. To us. Yes. Is that Julia Gomez? Yes. Okay, so that's a perfect segue into our next topic. Have you been, how involved have you been with Parent University? Because um, I know she's um, been very involved with that as well. Well, I would like to tell you, Trey, that I've been so greatly involved. I've spent <laughs> so much time on it. And, yeah. um, but I would be lying. Okay. That's and I fair. try to tell my kids that's not a good thing to do. It is not. Um, so, no, I have not been very involved. However, I would really like to see, um, so maybe Julia's listening now. Mm-hmm. I would really like to Friend see that. Friend of the podcast, that, Julia yeah. Gomez, yeah. Good. Hey, Julia. <laughs> um, I'd really like to see that merge with the counselors on the mm-hmm. campuses because we really would like to reach out to the parents. Sure. Um, and I think, and I love what she's doing. I think it would be really great if we could combine forces and sure. do it together. Yeah. So I love the idea. I'm so glad there's somebody out there doing it because yeah. honestly, you know, we're, we're burning our candle at both ends, so any help we can get is great. Sure. Yeah, and, it sounds and our like, parents do need information. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like these partnerships are, are very important just for yes. the sheer volume of students you're seeing, right? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so um, let's talk about, we already kind of touched on um, the internet and that it can be a scary place. Um, let's talk about social media. Mm. Because... Do we have to? We have to. <laughs> it's out there. And I'm sure... <coughs> That's got to be a very prevalent topic for your students, mm, right? Like yes. that's got to be one of five visits or something that you have with your students. Or yes. Um, I know I see. There's a. It seems like there's a new one every six months now. It's TikTok, and mm. um, we're having a, an issue with some of our students that found a challenge that can be very dangerous. That are uh, uh, doing that on some of our campuses. Um, and then I see um, my uh, aunt and. Uh, cousin actually work at the Child Advocacy Center. It's always hard for me to say. Child Advocacy Center in East Texas in Winsboro. Thank you. <laughs> um, and so I'm, they're always, they're constantly posting stuff. Now I hear that TikTok is now being infiltrated by sexual predators and that's a problem. So mm-hmm. um, on a scale of one to 10, one being never, 10 being all the time, how often does a student's poor choice on social media affect your day? Well... Not as much as you'd think. Really? Really. So closer to one. It affects their choices in their life, right. I think. Um, I would say, um, well, in all honesty, we've got a great admin team. So there's probably a lot of things that I don't get notified of. Mm-hmm. But um, I would say maybe a two or a three. I mean, it does come up. And it is it does affect our kids a lot. But it doesn't really come to me that often. Is that because it's usually more of a disciplinary thing than a yes. an outreach kind of? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Typically, it's more of a discipline. That's kind of going back to the bullying. Yeah. That's a big area. Okay. Is through social media. 
Okay. So I think that's probably why the principals get more of that than I do. Yeah. That's that's interesting and something I wouldn't think about that <coughs> probably you're not dealing with the discipline side of it really, are you? We really try not to yeah. because then we lose our um, our rapport with sure. our students. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, we want the students to feel safe to come with Trust us. It's you, so funny. Yeah. Anytime we ever call them out of class, the first thing I tell them if I haven't talked to them when they come in my office is, okay, you're not in trouble. Yeah. Look, I'm the good fairy. The bad fairies are down the hall. Um, <laughs> That's great. Uh, because they really do. They, they you know, they, they're scared of counselors sometimes too. And so I never want them to think that, yeah. that I'm the discipline. That's, yeah, that's... Uh, I, I'm a problem smoother, not a discipline. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, would, I would hate to make you mad, so yeah, I would not want you being on the discipline side. Okay, um, is it hard keeping up with the different apps that they are using? Yeah. Like I said, a new one every six months? Yeah, it's hard. Are you on these social media? Are you on TikTok no. making fun videos? Come on, I told you I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> I have a Facebook account, and I never get on there, because I just know once I did, I would say something I shouldn't say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So is it is it hard because there are so many new ones developing all the time and new ones releasing and new ones taking fire and being like, oh, this isn't the one that you would think that would catch on. Yes. Um, is it hard to be proactive on, on that sort of thing? Can you, can you make these general sweeping statements or do you just kind of have to wait for the, the, the problem to happen on whatever app or whatever platform and then kind of go, okay, here's how we have to address this one? Yeah, I try not to like buy trouble kind of a thing, I okay. guess. So I kind of try to treat it as if, you know, it's not an issue until it becomes an issue. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know if that's the right thing or the wrong thing, but, um, yeah, I'm across, across the bridge when you come to it, kind of a gal. Sure. Well, in those kind of things, I feel like it would be hard to be proactive. You'd have to have, like, your finger on the buzz of, yeah, you know. And there's probably apps out there that none of us know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. and kids are really good at keeping those a secret. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, so I think smart. the internet, they are smart and the internet is scary. Yeah. <laughs> we, um, we find ourselves <coughs> getting outsmarted by, by the students fairly frequently in technology. Oh, they could way outdo me. Well, it's not even, <laughs> it's just like when we, when we opened up the guest network to, um, you know, we wanted our visitors and people that are coming in for, for talks or even parents, if they're waiting in the lobby and there are, you know, they're trying to enroll their students. We wanted our guest network to be fairly open. Mm-hmm. Um, and the students figured that out, too. And they're like, oh, I'll just get off the student network. I'll drop over to the guest network. So then we had to dial back down the guest network a little bit. Or we found that the students are using Google Docs as like a little chat room. And so they'll share a Google Doc between mm-hmm. each other. And heard then a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah. So I'm telling you, these kids are smart. <laughs> they can only use these powers for good. Yes. Um, okay. So specifically at this campus, which of um, – I've got a list here that you have as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just kind of go through a few of them. Um, character education, social relationship skills, substance mm-hmm. abuse. We talked about bullying, social media, mm-hmm. um, family issues. So things like divorce or grief, lo- um, loss and things like that. Mm-hmm. Which of you, uh, which of those would you say is the biggest need that you find for our student population? And which one is the greatest, may, these may be the same thing, which is the greatest strength on your campus um, that you guys are just very equipped to handle? Oh, man. I'm going to start with the strengths, although I'm going to tell you right now, is there room for improvement? Always. Always, yeah. I think we're getting better at bullying. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing less of it Good. because I think we're handling it from a discipline side, and we're also educating the students on it more and more on what it is. You know, it's becoming a law now. Mm-hmm. And so, um, 
you know, we're, we take that really seriously. I, I've seen our admins step it up. So I think that's an issue that we're getting better at, one mm -hmm. of our stronger issues. One issue I'm going to say that I've seen always be a problem here is um, social relationship skills. Okay. First of all, in general, probably the whole population, including you and I, are having more issues with that because of texting. Yep. And, you know, and social media. Mm -hmm. I think we're losing part of our relationship skills because we're doing everything through that, through that kind of a okay. media. Um, <clears throat> I, I feel like, I don't know if I should say this or not, but I feel like there's a lack of communication within families. Okay. Um, I see that with our students. So yeah. there's a disconnect there. And if families aren't communicating, how are their kids going to know how to go out in the world and communicate? Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of times when I have a student in my office and they're telling me an issue and I say, oh, gosh, yeah, have you have you talked to your mom about that? And they're like, no. And they look at me like I'm crazy, you know, like well, I could talk to my mom, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what about your dad? And they're like, oh, no. And I'm like, well, do you trust your parents to talk to them? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I mean, to me, that is just so scary. And it's not something that that's embarrassing to them. You know right, what I mean? It's right. something minor, like a friendship issue that they might be having or, you know, it's not like sex or something like that, yeah. you know? Because I could understand a kid not wanting to talk to their parents about something like that. But these things sometimes that I'm addressing and asking if they're talking to their parents about it. Just kind of trivial stuff that, yeah. Right. Hmm. So I really see that... Um, hello, Julie, are you listening? <laughs> um, you know, the parents need to be communicating more with our kids because that's just a big issue and it's really affecting their social, emotional and relationships, mm -hmm. you know, in all the way around in general. And it's probably hard for a person who's at the campus and is dealing with students to get that message to the, to the parents, especially if they're already... Yes. communication adverse and they're you know it's hard to talk to them yes and you know if they're not talking to each other it's probably hard for an outside person to go hey you should open up more you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so yeah i could see how that would be tricky yeah so i'd like i mean we need to do a better job here working mm -hmm. with it um you know we work on it one-on-one -on -one when kids come in our offices all the time mm -hmm. but i think we probably need to do a better job with it on the larger scale yeah yeah well something i've i've noticed since i started working in education and just, you know, as my friends start having children and everything and they start to grow up, um, is it seems like the communication between students on the positive end, I'm sure the, the obviously the bullying stuff, it's always going to be there, mm -hmm. but I see, I feel like I see more compassion and understanding and like almost advocacy and, and kids standing up for each other and going like, Hey, that's, that's not right. We shouldn't be doing that. Then I remember when I was a kid. Now, maybe that's just, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just hanging with different crowds or something. Really? But I feel like on these campuses, I, I kind of see that in the limited you know, time that I've had engaging with these students. Um, so that was a, it's always very kind of uplifting to me to go, oh, man, these kids are smarter than I was when, when I was a kid or more hmm. open-minded and compassionate about things. So Well, that's good. I'm yeah. glad you, you see that. Yeah, we've got some good kids here. Yeah, we have some great kids here. Okay, so um, one of the issues or one of the, yeah, I think uh, – I think I mentioned this one if I didn't roll past it um, is substance abuse mm -hmm. um, and obviously that's something that's very prevalent probably um, more at home and then leads into the students lives but now with things like vaping mm -hmm. um, it's probably a lot easier for students to get a, their hands on these kind of things is, are you noticing that being a problem I mean I don't know how 
prevalent it is with middle schoolers, but has that starting to creep its way in? A little. Okay. We've had a couple of situations with vaping, um, but I would say, you know, compared to what we're hearing out in the news and all that kind of stuff, it's not. Pretty minimal. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty minimal at this point. Good. At least to our knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, I'm not sure if this is on, yeah, this is on your list. Okay. So why do you, why do you choose to be a counselor? We're in national counselor, school counselor, uh, awareness week or appreciation week. Mm -hmm. Why did you choose this job? Um, so let me just say right now, and I truly believe this, mm -hmm. teachers are the heroes of education world. They just are. They do so much. And I loved being a teacher, but I love that relationship. And I love being the cheerleader behind the scenes. That's sure. kind of how I think of myself. Okay. So, yeah, I kind of like the, I feel like the smaller part behind the scenes. I, with I, the kids. I disagree. I don't think it's a smaller part. I think it's very <laughs> important. It, it really is. It, it's, I, first of all, hold the phone. You were a teacher as well. Yes. When was this? What did you teach? I taught, oh gosh, what didn't I teach? No, I taught, um, I came in as a fourth grade teacher. Okay. Then I went to third grade. Uh-huh. Then just my personality, I'm a jokester. Like, you know, on slipper day when I would say it to a kid and, you know, put my hands on my face and go, oh no. And they look at me and go, what? And I go, oh, you forgot to change your slippers, you know? Well, if you do that in elementary, you get tears, right? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, no, this is not my, I need to go to middle. <laughs> so I moved to middle. It just slipped their mind. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Anyway. So you got it. Put them, put them, ching. <laughs> um, so yeah, then I moved to middle. And what did I teach in middle? I taught seventh grade reading. Okay. And then I taught um, RTI reading and sixth grade reading. And then I went to social studies, and yeah. then I did eighth grade U.S. history, which is which I loved. If I ever went back into the classroom, that's what I go really? back to. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Very cool. Lots I of fun. Did not know that about you. Yes. Um, but I did want to say you said <laughs> a, a, a smaller part behind the scenes. I on the way here, I was thinking, um, I'll you know open up with a joke and go, you know, people have been telling me that I need counseling for years, but it's not. It's <laughs> like. I don't want to. I didn't want to trivialize it. I obviously I just found a way to get that joke in there, but um, I didn't want to leave with it because I didn't want to set this this up as as something that is trivialized because I think it is so very important. So you may think it's a small role behind the scenes, but I you're feel doing like, big things. You know, a lot of people think of us as therapists, and we're not therapists. Yeah. I'm a school counselor, which is way different. You know, my goal is to um, keep them going in their academics, keep them in the classroom, as you know. So when they come to me, I'm kind of like the coach. I feel like I'm like rubbing their shoulders and going, come on, come on, you got this, you got mm -hmm. this. Okay, mm -hmm. what are we going to do? What are we going to do? You know, clapping yeah. my hands. And, All right, <laughs> okay, you ready? Okay, okay, go back to class. You got this, you know? <laughs> That's what I feel like. I feel like a coach. Yeah. But, um, you know, and, and basically in the education I had, that's kind of what we do. We do short-term, you know, counseling, and that's our goal is mm -hmm. to – we're not a therapist. We're short term. We got to get them back in the classroom. We got to get their academics up, you know, so whatever problems they have going that are keeping them from their academics, we got to try to work on that. But, and I say that in a funny way, but the good thing is, is I always see those kids again and I can check on them. And yeah. most of our problems are minor like that, you know, kind of um, guiding, right? Yeah. Guidance counselor. Yeah. And just, are... um, 
you know, cheering them on. What am I trying to say? You know, yeah, like, rooting for them. Yeah, 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 getting them, you know, pumped up, yeah. pumping them up. That's okay. what I meant. Okay. Yeah, get them pumped up and get them going. Come on, you got this. That's really cool. Are you? Te- is your title technically a guidance counselor? Is that title gone? The way of the dodo? Um, my master's, my degree on my wall says school counselor. School counselor. <laughs> I don't know. Is there a difference? Yeah, there's no, not. I mean, I think it's considered one in the same pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, oh, okay. You mentioned your degree on the wall. What are the requirements to be a counselor? How much school to get that degree? Well, you have to get your bachelor's because you have to teach for at least two years. Okay. And then you have to have your master's in school counseling. And that's it. That's all you got to have. That's you can, all. You can just be a crazy person off the street and get that, and there you go. Yeah, just that. How many years of school is that? Oh, for me or for most people? <laughs> for most people. Yeah, just go uh, and do What, that. about six years? Just, yeah, I guess. Just, just go get your master's. It's easy. What are you people waiting for? That's right. Anyway, that's awesome. Well, congratulations. Um, okay, well, that's it. Um, we're going to get to a few... Um, fun questions now um Mm -hmm. but i do want to say in in this uh national school counselor week thank you very much for what you do it's very important thank you um to our students i know you also help out with the teachers too you guys just did some self-care stuff which we just did a couple episodes on self-care you know what we're gonna do Uh, that again on february 17th that's awesome yeah miss maston asked me she said uh the teachers here liked it so much that could we do it again? And I was cool. like, sure, why not? So you guys just did it for the, this campus, I would assume. And then at yeah, the, on the first 17th, you'll do it for anybody who's wanting to sign up. Who wants some self-care tips, yes. You're going to have a line around the door or around the, <laughs> around the corner. Um, that's cool. Uh, self-care. And you said you are also going to have uh, some bullying stuff going on at the... Yes. You're not going to be doing any bullying. You're going to be I'm teaching gonna try on not to, bullying. Yeah. Okay, good. Awareness. I'm going to try to gotcha. refrain. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you again. Um so the, the final three <clears throat> questions, we ask these questions of every guest. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to start with the first one. If TBP were a fictional character, who would it be? Or celebrity, <laughs> who would it be and why? Goofy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because we have so many different characters uh-huh. at this district um, that I think we're just kind of a big goofy. You know, we yeah. have a lot of fun characters, serious characters. Sure. You know, but I like to just think of us as one big goofy. Good. So, I like that. In a good way. In a good In a good way. Who doesn't love goofy? That's right. Gorsh. Okay, so <laughs> goofy. I like that a lot. Um, next question is, if you could uninvent one thing, what would it be and why? All right. People are going to think I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. Cell phones. I, you, it comes up so many times. And you know what? It is crazy because I love my cell phone. Yeah. But I think about the times I didn't have a cell phone and how great it was. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was because the whole time I didn't have one, I kept thinking, wow, I wonder if they'll ever invent a phone that you can take out of your house and, you know, how great it will be. I can catch up on phone calls while I'm driving around and doing this and that. And now I have it and I see what, how much trouble it brings people, to be honest. And especially our kids because they can get the internet on their cell phone, you know. So I think if we just toss out the cell phone and, you know, people go, oh, yeah, but what do you do if somebody, you know, has an emergency? Uh, they could call the front office and page me. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are ways around that. And, yeah, I just I think the cell phone was a bad thing. It is a very helpful tool. But, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, it again, is helpful. If it could be only used for good instead of. Uh, 
Yes. Evil would be in a good a good position. Yes. Uh, no, and I don't think you're crazy because I was going <laughs> to take a guess and say something like, uh, I was going to say social media or something because that's every other answer is someone is people inventing. Yes. Social media. We're going to hope that there's no fire drills to interrupt this last question. Yeah. Um, but if you had any general life advice, what would that be? Well, I just talked to a student about this earlier today. Um, so she's going through some difficulties with friendships right now. Mm -hmm. And um, she is trying to figure out um, how to have friends and what how she is as a friend. And so my advice to her, which I think is good for all of us, even adults, is that she needs to be concerned about her character, like okay. things how... Um, you know, how kind she is, how respectful she is, those kind of things. Um, because in the, in the long run, it doesn't matter how pretty you are, how skinny you are, how smart you are. You know, people don't really be your friend, I guess, Yeah. for those things. I mean, initially they might be attracted by those things, yeah. but in the end they're going to, they're going to stay your friend based on your character. Yeah. And so I told her to, you know, really consider her character and not think about those other things because like I said, they're not going to, they're not going to last. It only gets you so far. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. I like that. That's very good. Um, and I've heard just because you are a character does not mean you have character. Right. <laughs> this is so true. So even if you are a little goofy, <laughs> um, there's still, you know, it's what's on the inside that counts for sure. It definitely is. Well, okay. except for like all that grossness in your, <laughs> your organs. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that Come stuff's, down. that's, that's gross. Yeah. It, yeah. It's what's on your insides, uh, your intestines. Yeah. We could all just take that away. I think we'd all be better people. Hmm. Um, well, thank you so much, Ms. Tipton, um, uh, for National Counselor Week. Uh, thank you to you and your, you called your partner in crime, Miss mm -hmm. Foley, next door. Um, you guys are, are doing really big things here. And I'm really excited on, uh, we're going to be recording at the District uh, PD on the 17th, kind of like we did at the last one at Padford. And we're going to invite people to come in and tell stories. So if you have a story that you didn't get to share today that you would like to share about a student or when you were teaching or anything, please feel free to drop by. Um, and that goes for everyone listening. Get your stories ready for the for the 17th. Um, but if I can pull away from that, I'd like to pop in on your on your self care. Yeah. Um, Come on in. PD It'll, session. It's very relaxing. That's good. Is yes. it, are we gonna meditate? Yoga mats. You for got real? It. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. I don't know if I'd call it meditation, but that's cool though. Relaxation. I love it. Okay. Yes. Yes. Well, if I don't see you before then, I'll see you on the 17th. See everybody out there on the 17th. And thank you again. Thank you to Manolo for engineering this. Um, hey, he's got a first uh, here in that uh, he's going to try to get that fire drill out of air, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll do what we can. Thank you so much again. And, thank uh, you very much. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bolt Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the Bolt Pod for episode updates or reach out to us at the Bolt at TrinityBasin.net. As always, do more, expect more, and be more.
fire drill? This is exciting. This is a Bolt podcast first. Oh, this is cool. I'm glad we're getting all of this. I'm going to I'm gonna run to the door real quick to make sure this is a drill uh, yes. and we're not on fire. So give me then one second. Then you have to come back and say, this, this is, is only fun. a drill. <laughs> So now you have to say, this is only a drill. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, yeah, everything's fine. It was just a drill. That's very exciting.